Another really disturbing admission from a Toronto courtroom earlier this week about an incel murder in Toronto. We all will never forget the moment of the Toronto van attack in 2018. But a woman was killed at a massage spa by a then 17-year-old who says he was inspired by that van attacker, citing an incel rebellion. Look, no one expects it's going to happen to your son, your brother, a friend of yours. Trevor Mayo is equity leader with Next Gen Men, and we have that conversation on Toronto Today. Let me rewind the clocks a little bit. And it takes a lot, I think, in general, in this day and age, to um, unsettle and uh, and to disturb uh, as far as a story goes. But this one checks the boxes for that. Yesterday, um, a plea of first of guilty to first degree murder and attempted murder was um, was given in court by a now 20-year-old whose identity is protected under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. We could have a long conversation about that. He walked into a massage parlor in late February 2020, right before the pandemic happened and all our lives were upturned, and immediately stabbed the receptionist to death. But he said he did it yesterday because he was inspired by the Toronto van attack killer in April 2018. So this speaks right to the heart of incel culture, um, he was inspired as the van killer was inspired by other incels. And again, disturbing. And it, we can either look away from it and pretend it didn't happen and sing and hold our, and hold our hands over our ears, or we can figure out how to stop these things. Uh, Trevor Mayo is equity leader with nextgenmen.ca, and Trevor joins me right now. Thanks very much for making the time. I appreciate it. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. How did you get involved with your organization? What does your organization uh, purport uh, to do? What are the what are the mission statements and goals of Next Gen Men? Well, we, our main goal is really to, to boil it all down to is a future where men and boys feel less pain and cause less harm. And so it recognizes that there is a world happening around us with strict gender norms, with these conversations around masculinity, um, all the stuff in the space. And it's really about meeting people where they're at, meeting boys where they're at, having conversation about what this all means to them in a healthy and really controlled and facilitated way so they can navigate their fears, their insecurities and all these things um, and, and find a way to actually express themselves that doesn't actually result in things that harm themselves and harm other people as well. When your organization starts, I bet it's a little like conversations I've had with people where sometimes, and I would say this is more like a five to six, seven year ago reaction, Trevor, is people are like, ah, come on, why do you guys need this? What's this all about? Men have had it their way forever. Well, maybe so. Hard to acknowledge, uh, hard to, hard to you know, disassociate from uh, the history of, of the world, but there are issues that are specific to men, just as there are uh, to women. Men are checking out of college and university quite fast. That number is dropping like a like a rock in terms of the percentage of men that go to college and, and men that graduate from college. And then you have crimes, the horrific crimes like the one I mentioned, that just seem to be happening more frequently. So if we don't have conversations about how to how to switch some, you know, some some wrong things around, we're just going to have more wrong things. Well, this is. One word that like causes a lot of people to sort of put, put their back up and gruff is the patriarchy. But let's like, quickly just understand what that is, because every time someone talks about the patriarchy, we don't sort of view it through the lens of how it actually negatively impacts men too, right? Like mm-hmm. we talk about how it's really harmful for women, for other for gender roles as well. But it's also killing men too, right? It, men have the highest um, issues of substance abuse, the highest issues of um, 
suicide rates, um, high suicide rates, all of these really, really like terrible indicators, it's also killing men and it's really harming us in, in significant ways too. And so when we have these conversations, it's also recognizing these negative impacts, the fears, the insecurities that are actually impacting men and what we need to do about that. And, and, a, and a significant problem that we have is we don't really allow men to express that fear, to navigate those insecurities, to advocate some of those frustrations in a healthy way. And therefore it starts to bottle up and actually move into more radical and more dangerous elements. And that's sort of where we see with the incel community is where if we we start to say that like, we're not allowed to have a conversation about some of these insecurities, we're not allowed to uh, recognize some of the fears, the frustrations that are happening with, with young men, it pushes them to these margins. That is how they're actually able to sort of be gripped in by these people with have a much more like level of hatred and self-pity and racist and misogyny um, in, in these groups. And it, it leads to incel communities, incel ideologies, which are, are now as recognized in the criminal code, a terrorist ideology. And to your point, um, in North America, so this is Canada, the USA and Mexico, I don't have individual stats for countries. Men are 3.6 times more likely to commit suicide than women are. Um, so it's a problem and it's an issue. And if it was the other way around, we'd say exactly the same. How do we fix this? Um, when we talk about the signs, I don't know if there's a if there's a guide for a parent. When we see mass shootings, Trevor, when we see scenarios like what we saw with the van attack or even the incident I'm talking about from February of 2020, a parent may certainly say, well, I never saw it coming. Um, are there signs? Have you done a, a, enough to say, well, these would be obvious ones, but obviously there's some there's some not so obvious ones. Listen, there's the challenges with a lot of this is like you you don't necessarily know when someone closes their bedroom door or someone goes downstairs or where someone's even sitting in front of you and, and when they're going online, you may not have access to everything that's happening um, outside of your, your purview, outside of your view. But there are a few things that you can do as a parent. And it's difficult. It requires this effort. It requires a little bit of research and it requires a lot of like like power, like sort of willpower in, in this space. One of the biggest ones, talking to your youth. Yeah. Have the conversation, chat where they're at, but not just chat like, what were you doing today? You know, what was difficult today? Like, what what challenged you today? What what frustrated you? What what hurt you today? Start having questions that are outside of maybe even your comfort zone in that space, because these are the things that we sort of push and say we're not able to navigate. And when we're not able to navigate them, when someone's feeling that pain, someone's feeling that insecurity, that frustration, and they don't have anywhere to explore it, they start to find these online communities that start to say, well, the reason you're upset is because so-and-so has harmed you. The reason you're upset is because the Chads and the Stacys, the the gorgeous women don't want to talk to you. That's why you have problems. And that's how radicalization happens. So if we could start to create spaces, so if as a parent, if you're able to have these conversations a little bit more, if you don't feel equipped, I mean, not like show myself plug here, but if you go to nextgenmen.ca, mm -hmm. we have resources for parents to specifically start to create spaces with their children. If that's not okay, we also have online spaces. We have a Discord server. We have boys clubs where people can come together in a facilitated space and actually have these conversations. If, if you're a teacher, there's educator guides out there so that you can be more actively involved in starting to have these conversations. Again, we need to recognize two elements of this. It's not just how do we engage so boys cause less harm, but how do we engage so boys feel less pain? And that's the other side of the equation that we really need to invest yeah. in to be preventative about these issues. Trevor, I want to play a clip from Scott Galloway on Bill Maher's show Friday. It, it's close to, it's about 45 seconds long, but then I want to give you a full minute to respond uh, afterwards. Can I do that with you? Absolutely. Yeah, he talks about online dating and why it's been disastrous for men. This was from HBO Friday Night. You asked about the phone. 
Simply put, it's a disaster. Whenever technology comes into an industry, it consolidates it. Mating has been consolidated in the worst way. 50 men on Tinder, 50 women. 46 of the women show all of their attention to just four men, leaving 46 men pursuing just four women. If, if mating was a country, it would be more unequal than Venezuela. We have huge mating inequality. And here's the problem. When people don't get together and there's no pheromones and there's no vibe, women, and we don't like to say this on the left, primarily try and make very quick assumptions about this individual's ability to garner resources in the future. So what you have is this concentration of interest and you're ending up with Porsche polygamy where 10% of the men get 90% of the attention, which does not lead to good behavior or form long-term relationships. E-commerce was disastrous for retail. Social media was disastrous for everybody. Online dating is disastrous for mating and for men. So I, I got, you know, I, I want to call out misogyny where it, where it lands. And I tell my sons this all the time. You don't objectify women. You don't talk about women as objects. You don't catcall women. You don't be controlling in a relationship. But I listen to that and I go, a lot of what he says is also accurate. Like we can say two things are true at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there's a yes and to it. Um, absolutely in this space. There, I don't think anyone, I mean, if anyone's listening to this on online dating, I don't think they can say it's been, I mean, it's a net positive experience for every single person who experiences it. I think the one thing why I boil back to it, and the one, this is the main thing, is what do we put as uh, meters for success and milestones for success for our young men? It's going out and dating. It's going out and finding a partner. Yeah. It's going out and finding a job. We put these milestones on there. We are putting the pressure, these norms on everyone else to have to adhere to. And what does that do if someone doesn't fall into that a very strict um, code and very strict metric for success that we've defined for other people? It means that they find failure. That means that they they have self-harm. They, they have these other things. They find other communities which actually support them when we're not doing that. So those meters for mm. success that society's pushed on these people, that, that ends up being quite problematic because it actually pushes people to these margins and it pushes them to dangerous spaces to find that support and find community when we refuse to give it to them. Great answer. Trevor Mayo, our guest, uh, you can visit uh, his website, nextgenmen.ca. Let's have more conversation. Trevor, you can't solve problems without conversations. Thanks for doing this. I Absolutely. hope we can have more Thanks. of them. Cheers, Greg. You got it. Uh, Eight o'clock news next with Dave Bradley. Coming up, your thoughts on an edict from the Ontario Education Minister to honor the Queen in schools on Monday. Right or wrong? Next.